Well, good evening, everyone, and for the first of many times on this program, I'm sure. Happy Thanksgiving. Hope you have a great week, safe travel, good time with your loved ones. Uh, we're here with DeMarco Farr and Les Snead, as you just heard off the top of our program. I'm J.B. Long uh, at Cal Lutheran in Thousand Oaks, the Rams 6-5, and five, and now they take on a schedule in December that features entirely uh, NFC teams, many of them from the West. Uh, their chance at the postseason likely requires five victories from here on out. But we welcome Les to the program by saying uh, good evening. Happy Thanksgiving to you, too. Where are we after Monday Night Football last night? Well, it's 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 Tuesday, so it's a short week preparing for the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, obviously, if you're a Rams fan or a football fan, Monday Night Football, you watched it, you saw what happened. There's not a lot of words you know that I can add to probably what's been said today. Uh, really good football team. They got a really really special player at QB. They're in flow right now. Uh, they handled uh, their business against us, and and really uh, the cliches go, but we still have a game against the Cardinals. They're not calling that game off. Usually when you're playing, even though a Cardinals team may have an under 500 record. New head coach, new QB, new QB trying to become, uh, let's call it a good QB in this league. So usually when you play teams like that, they're not down and out. They're going to come and they're just trying to progress and, and they're going to try to progress, uh, a step further against us. So you, you can't, you can't rest. You can't feel sorry for yourself. Can't lick your wounds, all that. You got to prepare to go beat the Cardinals. One of the best things I heard from Sean McVay after the game was it doesn't matter if you lose by a point or 40 points, it's still just one loss. we got to move on from it. Um, so you win, you lose. We've been through this before. But the thing that makes me jealous about Baltimore is just the look in their eye and the feeling that they have, that they're rolling, things are clicking. And I remember that out of this football team last season, and I hope it's still in there for this football team, that that feeling, that greatness, that – we're on to something bigger. Do you, do, you, do you still think that is here with this football team? Definitely. Uh, but I, those feelings, that flow, that energy, karma, whatever you want to call it, there is an element of psychology in there. There is probably some biology in there. It, all of those things, but you know how you get it. You earn it. You have to earn it. And Baltimore's earned it. When they began the season, they weren't who they were last night. They earned where they are now through the course of the season by being competent, by uh, making plays, getting in flow. So uh, it won't happen after just you know a successful drive, but a successful drive can obviously lead to another successful drive and then another one, and then and then there's a tipping point there where, okay, wait a minute. We're confident. We believe again. Les, what's been the most confusing and or frustrating part of this season for you coming off the 2018 that you had? I, if, if I would say take the result of some games out of it, uh, maybe the inconsistency, whether it's uh, a penalty here and there. Uh, if right, Let's just go to last night, right? We were in the red zone twice, had second and very manageable downs and had two uh, you know, pre-snap penalties that put you in, and then second and longs, and which eventually ended up being third and longs and field goals. So, ultimately, not saying we beat the Baltimore Ravens last night, but let's just say it's twenty-one fourteen instead of twenty-one six, and you apply some pressure to them. You fire up our defense, fire up the crowd, things like that. Does the, you know? Does that get us in flow? So, I think it's it's little things like that that. Uh, we haven't done in the past, but we've done this year. But and and, and I say it all the time, and I think we've said it. You we're living through it, 
because we were in flow in 2018 doesn't mean you're going to walk into 19 mm-hmm. and be in flow. That's it's never. I've been in the NFL. I don't know how many years I've been in this thing from the entry level, whatever the GM. Every week, every year, different. Doesn't matter what you did last week or the uh, previous year. The no things that tank no talent, right? That's what yeah. Sean McVay's talking about. That's what's kind of been grinding the gears around people around this facility. It seems like this year. What'd you say? The I would... things that take no talent, right? Yes, like uh... it, it, you don't have to be the best team in the league to not have twelve men on the field. I think is the way that Sean summarized it. Moments yes, ago. You, that's that's so. It's little things we haven't done in the past. We're doing them now, and then. Those are things that happened last night, and they've, they've kind of cropped up over the course of, of uh, you know, this season. Like we said pre-show, it's a fun business, right? you got to keep working to get it done, right? It's not going to uh, do it by itself. But um, when you look at it, and expectation is uh, – I, I was going to use a curse word, but I can't. It's tough. But offensively, you've been through a lot. Your offensive line is reshuffled for the first time, and I don't know how long we've had all three of your starting receivers on the field at the same time with Todd Gurley back there. So – there's been a lot of change going on in the offense. So, But are you still kind of surprised that you only could generate six points against Baltimore at home? Uh, we, we talked about this. 45 points to Baltimore. I guess you kind of can say that's just Lamar Jackson. He's an MVP. That offense is good. But six points at home, is that kind of alarming to you? Definitely uh, definitely alarming. But really the, the unalarming part of it would be there was this point in the way the game goes. They were they were doing their part. Uh, uh, what it's, it was six straight drives with a touchdown. So now I do think that puts a little bit of a piano on your back. All right, we got to score. We can't make an error. But I do remember twenty one six. Next thing you know, the next time we get the ball, it's thirty five six, and then we won. We won. We go three and out. And then the third quarter's gone, and then it's forty-two to six. So the way that game goes, you could you could go. Had we were able to score early and made it a little bit more of a back and forth, uh, you would say, okay, why didn't we do that? But I do think there was some circumstances in the game that that really, you know, put your offense behind the eight ball. But uh, it was because you know that's that's what happened. He's General Manager Les Snead. I'm J.B. Long. DeMarco Farr is with us this evening in Thousand Oaks. This is the Coach McVay Show. Short week for the Rams. They're going to Arizona to face the Cardinals for the first time in 2019 in Week 13. Less, Another mobile quarterback. Yeah. Can but, we get a statue? But in a, in a, in a much different offense, <laughs> yeah. right? And, and that's kind of where I was going with this next is, is how about the perspective on the NFC West, which I think is the best division in the NFL this year. And for the near future, it's going to look challenging. And how diverse it is in terms of especially the offensive systems that all four teams are running. Yeah, it's a great point. And, I mean, San Francisco is probably more similar to us uh, in, in what, you know, you know the te- you know the I call it the genre of players that they have on offense, and and, and what we can do. And then Seattle has you know a, a, a quarterback like Lamar that's going to be in the MVP conversation probably just about every year because of the skill set of him. And and then Kyler's uh, I, I think maybe not there yet, but it's on his way to being a, a difference making uh, signal caller in our league. So and and obviously. Uh, with new head coach, new offensive philosophy, it is definitely a little bit different than uh, what we've seen in the uh, NFL. But last night was a lot different than the traditional NFL offense as well. And you got to give those guys in Baltimore credit for taking what they have uh, on the offensive line, 
quarterback, running backs, and said, this is who we're going to be to get the most out of the talent we have. Bobby Evans, your current right tackle, blocked for Kyler in high school and in college. So we can talk about the state of the offensive line as we continue with this edition of the Coach McVay Show, live from Cal Lutheran with Les Sneed. When we come back, uh, Jared Goff will kick off our conversation as we continue in this Thanksgiving week on a Tuesday night on ESPN LA 710. All right, looking forward to getting back into division play. The Rams and the Cardinals this weekend from the Valley of the Sun. DeMarco JB and the general manager of the Rams, Les Sneed, with us this evening. All right, I thought we could uh, talk some quarterback in this segment. And, Les, you take this whatever direction you want. But given that it hasn't been the Pro Bowl season from Jerry that we've been accustomed to, I thought I would phrase it this way. How confident are you currently that Jared will play to his compensation next year and beyond, having signed him to a long-term deal? I'm definitely confident that that he will. And I I do think sometimes these these years can be very good for you because they're really good learning experiences. You you realize as a QB, not every year is going to be a Pro Bowl season. That's just the way it is. And whether your play takes a step back or somebody else jumps in the hopper and and actually plays uh, better than you. But I do think all of us, uh, myself, I know Sean's mentioned it many times, Jared, and everyone around him, you know, you you take this year, what can you learn, what can you apply? So, uh, you know, you always look back, right, we won a lot of games with him at QB, uh, and we're six and five this year, not where we want to be with him at QB. The key is, is that was the Rams. Who were we? How do we get back? Not just we're not in it just to make Jared a Pro Bowl QB. Mm-hmm. We're in it to win those games. We all felt good because we were winning the games as the Los Angeles Rams, not necessarily Jared having a big statistical game or what have you. I, I dislike the question when people ask, how do you get Jared going? Well, if you knew that, they would do it by now. But how do you keep his confidence up, Jared Goff? That is, that's a you go through this, and, and obviously, right? QBs, Q, QBs have a, I call them a, a good and bad life, starting probably in, in high school, right? And and you probably have less bad bad days in high school. Uh, I tell my kids all the time, uh, we joke because I have teenagers, and ultimately, someone will get in the NFL and have a bad game and. The teenagers will go, oh, he he stinks. And may even use words that, you know, worse than stinks. Don't think I'm going to go on the radio. And I go, I say, that's the lesson you need to learn. You don't get tabbed a bad QB until you actually get to the NFL and not Because <laughs> you probably weren't that bad in high school or yeah. college or you – you didn't have, so it's a very, very tough position. The scrutiny you have, the pressure you feel, the piano that's on your back. Uh, so you definitely got to be mentally tough. Those these type seasons, you know, can't rattle you. Uh, and and Jared uh, through this and even through that first uh, rookie season, and even back at at Cal, his rookie year, or if you want to call it true freshman year. Uh, you know what he's he's shown over the course of those those type seasons that uh, he can overcome it million. That I think that's very very big in QB's life. It's just tough. I mean, because there's so much, like you said, a piano on your back. If you act like it doesn't bother you, well, he's disconnected. If you get too fired up, then you're too fiery. So, I mean, what world do you live in if you're Jared Goff and you're right. ca- trying to find it offensively? I yeah. think if you if if you're probably in the NFL and you're starting QB, uh, I would go. You're, you're you're similar to probably a politician. You're you're only going to get fifty percent of the 
uh, favorite vote, no matter what you say or, or how or whatever your demeanor or personality is. And the and the key is this: uh, everyone is happy when you're winning, even uh, if you're maybe on the stat line is is not that good. So uh, that's the key in QB. When you play that position, guess what? You're gonna you're going to have critics because it's very easy to look down on the field and and pretty much most fans who watch the game uh, sit and they they look at the QB, take the snap, and then go from there. Hmm. Last to... night you couldn't follow uh, uh, Lamar. Lamar, yeah, once I lost he did it. Snap it <laughs> were you having flashbacks to your days in Atlanta in terms of what you were seeing in front of you last night with Lamar? By the way, definitely, definitely did, and they're 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 similar. They're different. Not don't want to get into that, but the what what I do know that you felt last night is there wasn't a down and distance that they couldn't overcome, uh, and not necessarily if he kept it or threw it but because you know 11 defenders are a little bit hesitant because what if he does keep it uh and and so you're a little bit flat-footed and it opens up a lot of things but the one thing you really do feel is when you have those type players in, in the rhythm and flow that they're in everybody believes that team believed they had fun last night uh at our expense unfortunately but that's probably the biggest similarity the Coach McFay Show is presented by In-N-Out. In-N-Out, that's what a hamburger is all about. We're chatting with Les Sneed, Rams general manager tonight with DeMarco Farr. I'm J.B. Long. Um, this is not the main reason or the only reason why you did the deal with Jared this summer, but in some ways the timing of it was it predicated on the belief that in very short order here, and we'll see Dak Prescott later this month, his deal is coming. Mahomes' deal is coming. There's some others out there. And that by the time Jared's in his late 20s, the contract that you gave him will not be top of market while you're paying him that money. Yeah, that's always – that's part of the uh, algorithm calculus formula that you're you're working with. And, and ultimately, once you figure out, okay, we have a QB that uh, – we believe can help this franchise not only win now but in, into the future. Once you're able to establish that, lock that person up long term, it does it does help you. Uh, makes life a little bit simpler in terms of how you manage uh, your salary cap from there. But until you do that, let's say you haven't done that yet. There is this element you know it might be coming, which is a good thing. That means whatever QB you have is proven. Okay, wait, he's in the mix to to get a let's call it second contract and you're there is an element where you're going to have to somewhat save and plan for the day he does get it so it, it is good to, to lock that person up and go from there mm-hmm. i just wonder what those deals are going to be for dak and mahomes i mean my goodness right yeah uh, just big deals i mean just uh, but how do you like baltimore just going back to them and how harbaugh and baltimore committed to Lamar Jackson, this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to help him with tight ends, offensive line. How do you help a Jared Goff? How do you help him become better, I guess, reach his full potential? I think if you go back just simply in what we've done best over the past couple of seasons is, is, hey, have the passing game mirror the run game, and ultimately, that's where play actions come into play. That helps QB. That also helps uh, an offensive line. Mm-hmm. You can always say, well, we, we need the – let's just say use it simply. Let's go out and and practice getting better at pass protection. You as a defensive line know, know that if you're efficient early in the downs and you're running the ball uh, successfully, the defensive lineman can't necessarily get into a uh, – 
let's call it a long yardage situation on, you know what, we're just going to tee off. And that does, you know, ultimately help pass protection, help uh, provide more time for Jared, help him get in rhythm, things like that, help receivers get open, help uh, – when when option one is not available, be able to get the two and three things like that. So there's that's that's the the thing when you hear Sean say, "Hey, it's it's a great team sport. It's everybody involved. It's not necessarily, hey, let's go get the best pass yeah. protectors and just okay. We, let's just say we get the five best pass protectors in the NFL and say, okay, we're going to drop back sixty five times a game." Ultimately, that's probably not the the formula. So that's what I'm trying to say. How about the backup position? And by that, I mean Blake Bortles. Do you expect him to pursue a starting job if it's available across the league this offseason? And if so, is that a role you could see John Wolford stepping into? Or do you feel like it's something that you're going to have to take care of either through free agency or the draft again this offseason? Starting with, with John, we were impressed with him from the, the get-go. I think he you know he had he he made the preseason fun a little bit and you've seen that on the practice field even saw it last week a little bit emulating uh or trying to imitate uh Lamar but Blake I my assumption and this is this assumption because the 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 future still you know it's hard to predict and mm-hmm. it's not certain what would be okay as we see in the NFL and there's a quarterback shuffle that somebody would eventually go, okay, Blake Pearls has experience. He's won a lot of football games. He's been to the AFC championship game. We, whether they have a young one, they've drafted, whatever, we may need a bridge person. So that's usually how uh, players like Blake's, uh, let's call it next chapter goes. Again, that's an assumption based on case studies from the mm-hmm. past, but that the future is still to be determined. Mm-hmm. Five more regular season games to go. When we come back, we will ask Les Snead what it's going to take to win them all and if that will be enough to get into the postseason. You're listening to the Coach McVay Show with special guest Les Snead on ESPN LA 710. Well, if you're stuck in that holiday traffic, you have our empathy. No doubt. DeMarco's already battled it once. I'm about to do it as well. We all are. Be kind to each other. Hang in there. Yes. Let people merge. You know, we're not going anywhere anyway. Something to be thankful for yes. if you're on the receiving end of that. Just use a blinker. <laughs> We're with Les Snead tonight. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long. Uh, it's kind of do or done in December, isn't it, right? I mean, I, I think uh, you, you approach the new month with a lot of division opponents in there, feeling like if you run the table, you might still have a chance at this thing getting into January. I think that's that's the approach you, you have to take. Obviously, if the season ended today, if – Six teams go to the playoffs. I'm not sure. or Maybe we're seventh in this. So anytime you're not one of the six, that ultimately means you're going to have to rely on uh, somebody in that top six, uh, uh, let's call it not taking care of business. But ultimately you're putting your destiny uh, into someone else's hands. But to be able to do that is, like you said, you've got to take December. Uh, and it's same old saying, right? It starts with Arizona. Uh, you can't look ahead to, you can't you can't look ahead to the next game or the next game. It starts with Arizona. You get that one, and then and then you go from there. And 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 really, hey, look up at the end of December and see where see where the math is. Uh, but I, I I haven't really looked at any case studies, but I do know there's probably many of situations over the last few years where a team that was in the 7th, 8th, maybe even ninth spot, depending on how close they were, made a run in December, and some team that was in uh, that top six, uh, for whatever reason, schedule got tougher, had an injury. Hey, and anytime you're in the lead and you kind of you take a skid and you 
you feel like you lost something, there is that element of, hey, there's there's a, a let's call it a downward spiral of, of feeling feeling that, hey, wait a minute, we're, we're losing this. We, we got a magic number, but uh, to be able to get that, you know, and, and earn that wins to take care of that magic number, it makes the the hole that you're putting at a little bit smaller than normal. So. No doubt. Uh, you know, it, it can't be as funny. I'm trying to have this conversation with the butcher, and it's, it, I'm failing. The playoffs can't be your ultimate goal. I mean, and he said, that's kind of weird. Isn't that what you're playing for? I said, yeah, but, I mean, you just don't want to get to the playoffs and say that's it and be one and done. You want to find it, whatever your team is, and get on a roll. Even Baltimore. This run started last year, and they carried it over into this year. So whatever your team is, however, whatever great football you can play, I think that's what this team is in search of the last five weeks. I do know last year, and I don't don't know where they were at the start of December, but I do know Philly – uh, was struggling, inconsistent, what have you. Went on a run in December and ended up beating a, a very hot Chicago Bear team, uh, and then almost uh, upsetting, you know, the the New Orleans Saints. So the the moral to that story is, if you do get hot in December and you actually uh, earn a spot uh, or somebody backs out of a spot and you take it. What you do have is is definite momentum. What you do have is experience playing, uh, let's call it do or die, must win, you know, or go home type situation. So that I think that that momentum, that energy, definitely helps you in the playoffs if you can if you can capture all those variables. Let's need sitting in for Sean McVay with us tonight, and I uh, wanted to get into Jalen Ramsey, and we haven't had an extended conversation with you since that trade was made. Um, and ultimately, I kind of want to get into what might be necessary to, to extend him and make it worthwhile. But first of all, you know, the, the first-round picks that you gave up, if you're on pace to go five years without them, I'd like to start philosophically in terms of, you know, one, what kind of stress does that place on your staff to hit home runs in the middle rounds, as you have? And then also, does it reflect maybe that there's kind of a market inefficiency? Like, are the Rams saying publicly first-round picks may be overvalued, especially where we expect to pick in the first round? So that's a the... Um, many many prongs to that question, and and then sometimes they go all right. Hit home runs in the mid rounds. Sometimes it can just be singles, doubles, you know, and and triples. Right? If in the sixth round, if you can, if you can, let's call it hit on a Sebastian Joves, Joseph mm-hmm. who's helping us this year. Right? That's that's one way to do it. Whether that's a home run, triple, double, single. Uh, so there there's value. Uh, in the later rounds, especially especially when you're really in tune to uh, the schemes that you're uh, operating with, and then what fits them, and what what you know when you get really specific, you can probably do a little bit better job in those rounds. Uh, but you what you probably can't do is go into it and go, hey, we're going to get a certain specific position in round five because maybe in round five there's 10 other positions where players have a better chance coming in and having a role Mm -hmm. so i think that's that with with the first round picks too depending on where you're picking uh and that that probably depends on the draft each year's different there's not there's always 32 picks in the draft there may not be 32 of equal talent that happened to go in the first round but there's always 32 picks in in the first round so probably the later you're picking uh uh let's call it the 
better chance that there could be players of similar talent, skill sets, competency uh, that, you know, get pushed into the even second, early, you know, third. So you've seen us do that over the – I always go, last year we had a first-round pick, but felt like it would be better for us instead of taking a player at 31, would be better for us to, hey, get more picks in the top 100 than just – and fewer picks in the top one picking in the 31st player. Hmm. I mean, you, you look at Jalen Ramsey, you say he's worth it. I mean, when you dream up a shutdown corner, I bet he looks like him. Tall, can't beat him over the top, long arms, he can jam you from anywhere, and he's a willing tackler, and he's he talks a lot. Yeah, in, <laughs> yeah. in a simple math formula, yeah. calculus formula, it, and it's 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 always it's an art, but you look at it, the way we look at it to keep it simple is our first round pick in the 2020 draft is Jalen Ramsey. So wherever we're picking uh, in, in this 2020 draft, we would take, uh, a talent like Jalen Ramsey, especially knowing that Jalen is actually going to live up to the let's potential projection, mm-hmm. right? And I think the the cost of of hey getting certainty versus uh, less certainty, which happens in a draft, you know, is 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 the cost of the next first rounder. So uh, it does come at a cost, but we do feel like having a chance to uh, over the next few years have two of the best players at their very important positions on the mm-hmm. defensive side of the ball is is worthwhile. So a cost in terms of draft capital, but also since you mentioned multiple years moving forward, the implication there is that he will be extended and will be a Ram for the foreseeable future. How do you make that happen and on what timeline? Well, I think, you know, I've said it, we'll keep the timeline in as We had some discussions with, with Jalen and, and his representation when we did the deal. So we have a very similar paradigm and, and We'll start, we'll begin working on on let's call it off season stuff in the in the off season. Mm-hmm. But uh, on the other hand, too, on that I, you were able, we really like. Let's just go back to that trade. I called the least sexy player that uh, of that day, which was actually started the dominoes per se, was Austin Corbett. But mm-hmm. you know, interesting, he was a thirty third pick in the in what eighteen seventeen draft. I forget which one. We really liked him, so to be able to get. Let's call it, when you start talking draft, right? A thirty-third type player for a fifth-round pick, uh, and add him to your offensive line, and and he's done a very admirable job over the last few weeks filling in. All right, well, that will lead us to the offensive line and a conversation about that side of the football when we continue with this edition of the Coach McVay Show as we return. Also want to touch on opposite Jalen Ramsey, Troy Hill, maybe one of the unsung extensions that's worked out very well for the Rams here in 2019. That's as we continue with this Thanksgiving week edition of the Coach McVay Show on ESPN LA 710. All right, and the Coach McVay Show is presented by In-N-Out this evening. That's what a hamburger is all about. Uh, Just to put a button on the defensive back conversation, Opposite Jalen Ramsey, I think Troy Hill went into last night as Pro Football Focus's highest graded corner since the trade, which is just one measure of how well he's played for the Rams uh, in a very busy role. Uh, do you like that extension to hindsight? I'm sure you do. And then do you see that as being like a long-term option as a starter in your secondary? Well, I know we extended him because we really like Troy. He's played good football for us. Yeah. Uh, dating back to to last year when Akib had an injury and, mm-hmm. and he had to step in, so he's played good football for us over the years, and we believe he you know he could be starting caliber player. Uh, you know we like we like David David Long's gotten into the yep. game and and has played well the last couple of weeks, and and we like Darius Williams. So we do like that that corner situation 
you know, over there with those with those players. And it was one of the reasons that, uh, you know, let's call it cause us to feel a little more comfortable doing it or giving up a player like Marcus Peters mm-hmm. in, in the process, even though Marcus is playing very well. And obviously, uh, you know, only fittingly, right, that he makes the pick last night. But I know he wanted it, but he's playing really good football and smart. But because of Troy – players I mentioned as well, it did make us feel a little more comfortable being able to do what we did. It takes a special guy at corner to play opposite a special guy because you get most of the work. Yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's good. I mean, if you do make plays, you become pro football focuses, mm-hmm. one of their best players, mm-hmm. if you can make the plays that come to you. That's one. Th- that's, yeah. I guess that's a good thing, right? <laughs> pro football focuses got a lot of work to do. They're like, okay, yeah. they're going to to the opposite side of the field. And and that's one of the reasons going back to the previous conversation is is the comp we gave up with Jalen is he is one of those types, you know, those type of corners that can basically impact what opposing uh, offensive coordinators offenses are doing in terms of the passing game. So now it's up to us to take advantage of that. All right, let's uh, jump to the kind of last big ticket item that I know is on the mind of a lot of our audience and has been a storyline throughout the season, the offensive line. Um, And and I'll start with kind of looking ahead to the future. Going into 2020, Les, would you feel comfortable, good, competitive with a starting offensive line of Noteboom, Corbett, Allen, Edwards, Havenstein, and or Evans, essentially the group that you know you have under contract the, for the next year. The interesting thing on, on that, the, the nice thing about these next five games is a lot of those players that you did mention, uh, unfortunately other than Noteboom, Brian Allen, is you get to see them uh, continually evolve mm-hmm. in where they stand, which would make you feel more uh, comfortable doing that i know uh probably wouldn't be you probably wouldn't win the popular vote uh if you did do that but that's why these next five games are are very important other than us trying to beat arizona other us trying to beat the next opponent and and all the other ramifications is being able to uh, help you evaluate what will be the best thing moving forward for the Rams. It seems like you guys have a ton of confidence in those guys because not much has changed in your offense when they're in there. They're running the same stuff that the other guys were running before they right. got hurt. And, and they've gone against some salty defenses. Uh, and that's you know with Bobby Evans and that group starting starting with the Bears when we when we lost Rob. I mean that he's that that was a. If you want to call it a, you know, if you, a, you know, your initiation to, to the NFL football and having Khalil Mack and, and that rush over there. So it, it's been, the last two opponents have been pretty salty and, and they've done uh, an admirable job. Oh, well, by the way, and you get Chandler Jones this week. <laughs> Enjoy that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the NFL, right? <laughs> That's right. Every week. <laughs> each team's going to, each team's going to have somebody that the scout team's going to be wearing their jersey number. Doesn't matter who you're playing, what their record is. Uh, the scout team will be wearing one or two or three players' jerseys from the other team. Touch a little bit on Bobby Evans, David Edwards there. How about the rest of the rookie class? I mean, Taylor Rapp, a de facto starter at safety at this point, your dime linebacker position. Daryl Henderson, though, only four touches since London. And I do want to also ask about Greg Gaines, who's been inactive more than not, uh, but he was up for you uh, last night. And I know Sebastian Joseph Day coming on makes it difficult for him to get on the field. But overall, with the draft class of 2019, what do you think either the next five games and or the year ahead looks like well, the, for them? Going to Taylor, he's doing exactly what we – or I say this, he's doing exactly what he did at Washington, and that's that's 
be a very reliable, consistent tackler. You rarely mm-hmm. see him uh, miss a tackle. You don't see a lot of big, but boy, is it. If you've got a kid, you want him to play defensive football, watch Taylor Rapp. That's how you would teach your yeah. your kid how to tackle. It takes the head out of the game, wraps up, the guy comes down. Uh, and and the, going by, I know you mentioned Greg. I know the the defensive staff, depending on who we play. So we played Pittsburgh, we played Baltimore. Power-oriented uh, football teams, you've put Greg in because he's a very powerful, let's call it, point-of-attack type player. I know there's been times when you've you've – play teams that are going to be more east west running game we've had tanzel uh active because it may uh more range and things like that but i agree with you is is sebastian has, has basically done his part to to put greg in that role but i know the the staff really likes what greg can do and, and he's another one of those mid-round picks where he has a role for us and uh we needed that role and as long as we can continue doing that it's gonna it's gonna add solid depth for us not sure if I missed any other. Maybe Daryl Henderson at running back deserves a mention or a conversation here. Well, but he's only had four carries since. Okay, maybe <laughs> maybe he doesn't. So, but you know, the uh, I do know this. I think uh, owned in 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 let's call it explanation of that. I know going into Chicago, even last night, we didn't have a lot of plays last night. But I know Sean Sean really said, okay, hey, what what do you want to do with this whole running back committee? Is all right. We're gonna we're gonna. It's simpler for him to go thirty. And we're going to run thirty, and, and that's Todd, and 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 keep trying until we can, let's call it, become who we want to become. Uh, maybe less uh, fancy in trying to come up with a rotation. So mm-hmm. that's a little bit the Daryl Henderson story. But when he's been in the game, uh, I know there's been some. If you're really in the nerds and mathematicians, some good metrics yeah. on him in terms of making people miss, which you saw that at Memphis. So I think he has a bright future. It's just been a tough year for us on offense, and yeah, he's explosive. I always say, what's what's tougher, you know, to stop uh, one lead back or two? So if you like like Baltimore, I mean, they keep rolling guys at you. You never get a break defensively. So at some point, I'd hope you see a little more committee running the football type situations out of the Rams. Yes, yeah, and and ultimately, bright. I think to to be able to do that is okay. We got to establish. Especially with the mix on the OL and the new is okay. Who are we? What kind of running game are we have? What 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 is best for those guys up front? What's different from the let's call it the offensive line of last year and things like that. So we kept it simple the last couple of weeks and until we get things rolling again there. Les, thanks for your uh, football thoughts. Coming off a tough Monday night football defeat. Uh, in the spirit of this season, how about a Thanksgiving thought? What are you most thankful for this week? I think you you the most thankful always goes back to. It, ultimately family those and and it can be friends that that you truly care about you truly love that doesn't matter whether you uh you know got beat really badly last night or not but you know what you're gonna you're gonna partner with them you're gonna share life with them and 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 you're gonna support each other in times of need and and uh, even though I say a lot of times in football you know it's very similar to scarlet letter you are you you know you wear your record on your on your uh uh shirt so you walk in star starbucks you're six and five that's <laughs> i felt it this morning uh even though my friends at starbucks they're you know they support me but you can tell their body language <laughs> a little different this morning but it's the family it's the friends that the the that's what makes life meaningful i think or one of the uh more major things that makes uh this life meaningful let's hope your barista is looking at seven and five on your shirt next week how about that that that's 
that you are what your record is. Let Very me tell you, Starbucks baristas and 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 you know the the group that's consistently there. They they definitely that's what it's all based on. Well, thanks for the conversation. Happy Thanksgiving, Les Demarco. Same to you. Safe you too, drive man. home. Yes, sir. To all of you who are out there on the roads, take it easy. Have a good Thanksgiving week, and we will talk to you from Arizona for Week 13, the Cardinals and the Rams. Coming up next, it's Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa here on ESPN LA 710.